Welcome to the Fearless Health Podcast with host Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Dr. Barter is on a mission to help people achieve their health and wellness goals and help men and women live their best lives fearlessly. Dr. Barter is the founder of Alternative Family Medicine and Chiropractic in Denver and Longmont, Colorado. Thank you so much, Reed, for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you. So I am really curious because you have been doing this for such a long time. How did you get into health coaching 20 plus years ago? You know, thanks, Doc. 20 plus years ago, I was actually in environmental law. So I was saving the planet. You know, I was down here in Southern California, cleaning up the air, water, birds, trees, bees, you know, whatever, saving lives and saving the planet. And uh, what was interesting, I noticed so much dead stuff around. Um, I started wondering, well, what is it doing to people, including me? You know, I didn't have any health problems at the time, but I thought this can't, this isn't good. Um, you know, you're sticking your hands in muck. It, it's killing birds and fish, you know. So anyway, so I, I changed careers and started to devote myself totally to what is it doing to people? And I found that I, I went to work in a clinic and I was running the place, but I the owner took me, she was getting her diplomat in nutrition and she said, hey, you can come along as my assistant to classes so i was taking these nutrition classes uh, as her assistant and she let this is amazing Doc. she let me work on her patients in between my classes as a, a nutritional consultant and i fell in love with the clinical side of it just facing mrs smith and mr jones with all their health problems and they're walking in the door and uh you know, I didn't know what I was doing 20 plus years ago, but I really had an intense desire, a really sincere desire to help, especially when almost everyone walking in the door, the most common thing I heard was, I've already been to five practitioners. I've already tried 18 different things. I've already spent 10 grand, 20, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, as, as a guy who was trained in law, um, I wasn't a lawyer, I was, I was a paralegal, but I, I thought this is a ripoff. You know, I'm a consumer advocate, a planet advocate, a people advocate. And I said, well, I'm going to be the last person you need to see to resolve your health problem. Now, that's was just as naive as, you know, you could get. But but heck, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And, and I had really good, really good access to uh, all the very best, uh, latest alternative lab work. And physicians who were alternative-minded, they called it alternative back then. Then it became sort of um, integrative, and then it became complementary. Now it's functional medicine, and it's really grown and matured in a well-respected field. But back then they were kind of all quacks, you know. And but I loved them, and I thought, I'll, you know, I'm I'm not a doctor, so I can try anything. And people are people are willing. And um, what I did was I run thousands and thousands of labs on thousands of people. I worked there for eight years doing that. And and so not only was I guided really well by some smart people, but I made my own observations. I recognized patterns in when I ran these tests, like hormones and immune system, digestion and detoxification, energy production, um, autonomic balance. And things. You, you know, there's, there's a lot of labs you can run. And so I have over the years kind of boiled it down to a certain just a system of investigation, looking at underlying causes, underlying conditions, things that are kind of upstream for where the symptoms are. So I know we're going to talk about skin. Well, you know, I 
really look at the skin. I was looking at something underneath, deep down, or even even far away from the skin that can be having an effect, you know, downstream. There's a there's this thing I call metabolic chaos. So over 20 years, I've become I have one diagnosis for everybody. It's called metabolic chaos. <laughs> you know, like I, I what not, is that? Um, well, you know, it's it's a state uh, that exists when um, let's say stressors, various stressors, like let's start with that environment we talked about. I know how bad it is and how bad it can be and how ubiquitous, um, these hidden things are. And there's, and I started studying stress 19 years ago, really, really well, about, you know, not just the mental, emotional, but the physical trauma and then other biochemical and chemical stressors again, from the environment and things that our body makes and might not be detoxifying and things. So, so metabolic chaos is just what I call what's really going on inside. And everyone is so individual, doc, as you well know, you, you're a mm -hmm. functional medicine practitioner. Everybody's different. Everybody has different weak links in metabolism or what you might call vital voids. Now, some voids can't be overlooked. Uh, if you're missing a gallbladder, that's a void and vitality and metabolism that you're going to have to support forever. You can't regrow a gallbladder or any other part you have excised, you know, but, but, um, but you can do an awful lot to work around it. And, and that's how I've based all of my protocols, which is the other half of the equation in my history, if you will, as we wrap it up here. Um, not only have I run thousands of labs and thousands of people at, at the time, more than any five doctors were doing, I was told, you know, doc, uh, offices with multiple physicians, and I was running more labs than, th than that. But th the other thing is that the protocols had to be natural, holistic, um, lifestyle-based, and, you know, we use supplements, but um, mostly just looking for those hidden stressors and then uh, teaching people how to improve their behavior and to the degree that that can improve someone's health, we have dialed it in, like the path, the, the, what to follow, what to look for, what to follow. It does not replace a visit to a doctor's office who, where they're trained to find serious problems and diseases and, and to save lives and do heroic stuff. You know, so that's a different backyard. It's not my backyard, but it's a very important one. Mm -hmm. And I always say to my my clients, you know, I jokingly say in, on interviews that, you know, if you have, if you get off a plane from West Africa and your temperature is 105 and you're bleeding from your eyeballs, you're not going to call your nutritionist. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to go get urgent attendant care where we're the best at that, you know, in, in America here, I think. And then, or, um, you know, but when it's, when you're out of the woods, then what? Well, now you're in our backyard. Let's do some metabolic healing. Let's make sure you prevent disease and, um, you know, improve health so much that disease can barely exist. You'd have to really get whacked or have an accident, which case, you know, so the two work hand in hand. That's my background pretty much. I've been teaching my system for over 12 years. I was a clinical advisor at a top functional lab for 12 years in addition to having my own business and things. So I just, I just have a lot of experience and a few things to say. Okay. Very good. So, well, I mean, we know right now 
is allergy season. Okay. And oh, yeah. you know, it's just everything's blooming and folks are miserable. And so what is your comment on why certain people really get a flare with allergies during this time of year? Yeah, well, you know, people have varying degrees and varying types, I would say, of sensitivities to things in the environment, like the inhalables. Inhalant um, antigens can present and you can have an immediate reaction to it. It's mediated by immunoglobulin E, IgE. Most of those are histamine type responses where uh, my, myself personally, I, I'm allergic to cats. So it doesn't have to be any time of the year. It's just, if I start petting a cat, my eyes start watering, you know, I could sneeze, I could get uh, itchy skin, things like that. And so these um, allergies, the uh, inhalant type things, pollen and affects you the same way. It's your IgE, histamine, other mediators perhaps, but um, you're going to have some pretty severe symptoms, including I've seen people get like the worst hives, just big red patches all over their bodies. In addition to the watering eyes and sneezing and other things, I've seen people have migraine headaches, just triggers migraines. So again, again, we're looking at individuals with individual responses. Other people can't breathe. You know, they get asthma attacks and what have you. So I, I think there's a whole complex variety of things going on, but some people are just more easily triggered than others. Mm-hmm. And why do you think um, these folks are having high histamine responses or having an IgE reaction to some of these, you know, let's say pollen or whatever it is, you know, like a cat? Like, why do you think some people's immune system is so hypersensitive to potentially break out into hives, have a runny nose, feel like their head's going to explode, whatever it is during allergy season for them? You know, there's there's some th- theories on that. You know, it's just the way you're born and, and things. I think some there's a combination of inborn errors in metabolism. And then I think there's also acquired, um, you know, dysfunction. And and, it, and a lot of people, it's just a, uh, a combination. And so uh, if and especially if you um, sort of. Uh, only ever treat the symptoms. If you don't at least try to clean up your immune system, your this overactivity, um, then you're going to be always taking just just treating the symptoms, you know, which isn't a bad thing, especially when it comes to um, asthma symptoms, things that where you can't breathe. But I've I've had kids who were uh, like I coached football for 15 years, youth football, and I had kids show up who. Um, they, 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 their mom comes by and says, well, well, Billy can't make it to practice on Wednesday, but he still wants to play football on Saturday. I'm like, well, he's not going to play Saturday if he doesn't show up to practice. That's the rules, mom. And, you know, what's going on in asthma or, or migraines or, or some of these other um, symptoms that appear due to, mm-hmm. quote unquote, allergies, whether it's the pollen in the air or what have you, foods we found was large. So we started testing some of these kids and found out that, well, they're actually sensitive to a lot more than just pollen. If we could sort of just quiet down the immune system and, and remove some of these things they're exposed to, that they just improved a lot. Maybe not completely, you know, but a heck of a lot better. And all I cared about was that they showed up for practice on Wednesday. So 
they could play Saturday. So if it, if it did that, then I was happy, you know, but the moms are all happy too. And I'm joking about that. Of course, I <laughs> care about the kids, but, but you know what I mean? Like, so, so um, we found that they, in addition to their other sensitivities had um, food sensitivities, they, they loom really large, really, really large. Anyone who's uh, in that situation where they're overreacting to the pollen or any other inhalant, um, including cats, dogs, would have probably get checked out for food sensitivities. See what other sort of pathogens might be around, funguses. Um, mold, you know, is huge. Um, and they can even have other uh, sort of pathogens, pathology, that's just kind of twisted their immune system enough to where it's um, overreacting. It's it's looking at, uh, and then, of course, you get into the auto autoimmune conditions um which make it sit worse and there's a lot of skin problems in those people as well how i kind of look at it i always you know try to explain it this way is you have a bucket right and okay you're eating foods you're reacting to you have these things in your gut that are that are creating something called leaky gut which is such a buzzword and i hate to use that and you know you have all these other conditions and then you go outside and you're also reactive to pollen. And it was just enough to get over that line and to overflow that bucket. And so people want to yeah. yell at the pollen, scream at the pollen, blame the pollen. And then they want to take some antihistamine to just calm their system down instead of seeing maybe why the bucket was full and dumping some of that water out of the bucket, potentially that could be contributing to all of this. I mean, I think just, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just feel like people look at allergies and they're like, it's pollen, it's ragweed, it's my cat, whatever it is, instead of seeing, okay, crud, like, why is my immune system overreactive? And how do we remove that reactionary piece? So yeah, exactly. So why? And then in the in the piece, like, you know, so for hives, like, do you have any comment on um, what you've seen with hives? So somebody's maybe eating a food they're reacting to, Maybe it is something outside and they're getting a hive-like reaction. You know, that's not, I mean, I don't think it's incredibly common. It's, it's somewhat common, but do you have any um, reasons why some of these people are reacting in such a huge, a bigger way, right? Because hives can kill you yeah. potentially. Sure. Well, um, I'll just tell you the first time I ever, came across someone with the hives I didn't know they had the hives but they were they were coming in for some treatment in the office uh, they were going to get uh, uh, some trigger point therapy and a chiropractic adjustment and I was walking this lady back you know as the case manager I knew everybody coming in and going and all these sorts of things that's where I came ac across that trial and error um a thing that I talk about all the time. People just try anything and then it doesn't work. And they go try something else and they try something mm -hmm. else. And no one's ever really looking deep enough or far upstream enough or thoroughly enough to identify all the constellation of causal factors. And then not only that, but to apply a like all the general principles of health building that need to be applied and the behaviors and all these different things. So, um, that was my responsibility with this one lady, Susan, let's call her, mm -hmm. walking her back. And, you know, I'm like, she's, I could just tell she was down, really down. And what's going on? Hey, what's happening? She goes, oh, I'm just really having a 
bed day, you know, it's this, this 40 pounds, I'm getting this extra 40 pounds, you know, and I just, um, makes me sad. You know, I go, well, well, what are you doing about that? She says, well, I can't do anything because I'm on medication for the hives and the medication. I've been on it for two years and I've gained 40 pounds. And the other day I was at my doctor's office and I said, I'm tired of being overweight. And he basically told her, she said, uh, that you can have your choice, lady. You can have the hives or you can be overweight because the medication made her gain the weight. And she goes, so I'm just really depressed about that. And that's when he offered me antidepressants. And I thought... (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) I said, you know, that's just, that's the different backyard than the backyard that I work in. I didn't say that, but that's, that's what I would say to you now. But at the time, I just looked at her and I thought, well, did anyone ever try to find out why you get the hives? (laughs) Just basic question. Just the basic question. (laughs) You know, and her head almost snapped off her neck. When she looked at me, go, what? I said, well, you know, you you had the hives, and so you take medication, and you gain weight, and then and now you're depressed, and then you want to he wants to give you these antidepressants. I said, why don't you just find out why you get the hives? And she just didn't have a clue. Like, well, really? Like, well, how would that go- look? So it really runs deep, and it really affects people's lives. And obviously, if we went further into her case, you'd know that she had other sensitivities other health problems and it wasn't just the weight and the medication things like that but but um you know in terms of getting her we 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 found out she was very sensitive to eggs and nightshades and a couple other foods it was only a a small hand but she was eating them every day Mm -hmm. and within nine days nine days of getting the test results back and having to look don't eat this anymore don't even come close to this stuff for a little while and we'll see we'll see what happens no guarantees and within nine days, she was already telling her doctor that she wasn't going to take the prednisone anymore. I'm off that medication. I feel much better. And within another couple of weeks, she had lost some pounds. And she was doing, this is kind of the final part. She was doing two things that she hadn't done in two years, doc. She was taking hot showers and exercising to the point of perspiration. Because even on the meds, hot showers and exercising to perspiration would make her break out in hives. Mm -hmm. So she was a changed person. And I saw things like that over and over and over again. The kids with their asthma, people with migraine uh, headaches, you know, and just you kind of name the condition. So skin is just one thing where there's always an underlying cause or condition. Mm -hmm. You can't always find out exactly what it is there's no one test that's going to tell you everything about a person there's no little device like a star trek no here's your you know diagnosis that doesn't exist i think we're 50 years from a blood test that will tell you everything we'd really want to know Mm -hmm. but um so you can what you can do is look for a constellation of things through the functional lab testing that exists and when you clean that stuff up People's lives just change for the better. You can't, you, you can't give any real guarantees uh, because of the complexities in metabolism. But you have some real reasonable expectations. If you do this and this and, and this and this, um, you're going to make some improvements on a cellular level, a tissue level, an organ level, a systematic level, the entire organism. When you clean things up 
and I've just seen it. That's that's not from theory, and that's not from going a weekend course in functional medicine. That's from twenty years of working in the lab, kind of pioneering some of these natural approaches. Right. So this is really interesting because the one of the big drivers that actually helped me find functional medicine was hives, um, and and for me, I ended up. You know, my hives were really serious. Um, the hives actually were swelling up in my throat and I looked like a creature from star Wars and, you know, uh. you know, and, and there was no real treatment for it. Nobody talked to me about anything. I was night after night in the emergency room because, you know, it, the hives were actually restricting my breathing. And so clearly yeah. I was deficient in Benadryl because that's all they gave me. was just an IV line of Benadryl yeah. night after night. And when you're a young gal, you don't know any different. You ask, questions, you know, you've been there seven nights in a row and like you're getting sick and some nights, two nights in a row, it's ridiculous. And for no one to talk to you about that. And that actually made me pursue this. But for me, like my hives were crazy. It was a crazy smattering of like, things. It, I was living in a moldy dorm. I was allergic to eggs and eating them every single day in the dorm food. Mm-hmm. I had gut infections. I had parasites. I had um, chronic candida yeast infection. I had SIBO. I mean, the list went on and on. I had leaky gut, you know, and it just was crazy that my body had dysregulated that much. But when you get to the point of an IgE reaction, that's serious. Yeah. Like your, your body is, it, you know, some people present it with pain, right? Just exactly what you're saying or migraines or whatever it is. But I, I just think that that's a critical piece. You know, there's not this Oh, you have hives, take this supplement and it'll all be better. And we can all sit in a circle and sing Kubaya and you're great because every person is, you know, different and you have to really pare down that case to figure out what is causing it and what needs to be addressed. Or someone will come in and they'll say, tell me the foods that I need to avoid. The foods on my food sensitivity test were like eggs, sesame seed. It was ridiculous. It was none of the normal foods that you would have. Right. So everybody, you know, has to do their individual treatment and be worked up functionally. So I think that that's really important. So we have, let's say we've got, you know, a a dermatitis case, like atopic dermatitis. The common word for this is eczema. So, you know, you've got itchy, dry, itchy skin, patchy. Um, What, what have you seen contribute to, um, you know, atopic dermatitis? You know, there's just so many things, uh, like environmentally, of course, uh, there's the hygiene hypothesis where it's just, you know, a lack of hygiene that um, you've got. Uh, and that, that's true. Same with, with asthma, ex, eczema. There's other allergic diseases and things like that. But cleaning up the environment can certainly help. Um, and, the hygiene and hypothesis? Also, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the hygiene hypothesis. It, it's just, it's just, you know, um, that your environment is not cleanly enough. You're breathing oh. dust mites. You're breathing. You've got dirty hands. You've got excrement on your, uh, you know, hand. Whatever you just, oh. just, just yeah. feel, okay. you know, things like that. So there's a hypotheses like that. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm more, um, I think, going a little deeper than that most of the time. That um, the immune system's involved. Um, that could have been that it was never, you, you know, like an inborn thing. You could have been born without the microbiome 
that you need. Without the right microbiome, you become really susceptible, like all these cesarean births and things like that. They're finding asthma and allergies in these children more than in other kids that were born through the birth canals where they did get the mother's microbiome and all the things. Also, the same thing with, with breastfeeding and all this stuff that you need the germs of your mother to boost your immune system. You're born pretty much without much of an immune system. And so you need to develop it. Um, when we were kids, we, we did play outside and, and I get, I think we just built up our immunity better, but, um, you know, then what happens? Well, you might be more subject to um, some of these pathogens, like real pathogens that come along. There are germs that, you know, uh, parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses, and things like that, that can, they're more influential on a weakened immune system or a not fully developed system. And then, of course, symptoms would occur. And then the, the standard medicine way of treating symptoms is to give you antibiotics, which can damage your microbiome even further and you get even more out of balance. Now you've got, uh, let's say, bigger problems. You know, you end up with digestive issues and you become orally intolerant to other foods like, like you know, lactose intolerant or something. You're, you've ruined the brush border on the, the villi. Now you're not making the enzymes and now you become actually nutrient deficient because you're not absorbing your amino acids, your essential fatty acids, your vitamins, your minerals, your trace elements, your phytonutrients. So you just end up with this sort of, I think these happen, these things happen very, very gradually over time. And there can be a sort of, um, you know, certain points in time that you might be able to look back on and go, oh, yeah, you know, everyone else was exposed, but I'm the one that got really sick, you know, like, well, what, you know, because you were more compromised. I'm not a pure vitalist. You know, vitalism is the idea that it's never the bug, it's the host. Oh, it's a weak host. Well, that's not true when it comes to things like Ebola virus. Ebola doesn't care how good your immune system is. It's going to kick your butt. And you don't call your nutritionist or health coach if you get something like that or some of these other very virulent things. Um, it doesn't mean that a health coach can't be there once you're out of the woods. And by the way, I, I thought about this when you were speaking about the um, – uh, it's almost an anaphylactic shock. You know, if your uh, windpipe is closing up due to an allergy, you need to see a physician. That's kind of the beauty of working together, what a true complementary practice would be. You know, physicians can, uh, my friend Tom O'Brien says, you know, if you're drowning in a pool, physician gives you a life preserver. You know, like this will save your life and this will get you over to the edge of the drowning pool where now you can pick yourself up, you can start doing things at home, uh, especially under the guidance of a really well-trained health coach. You know, I won't be shy. I've, I've been training health coaches for 12 years on the lab work and the protocols and things. And uh, it's remarkable how strong our backyard is, but it, it doesn't cross the line into medical care. So you needed medical care, you better go get it. Um, otherwise, we're going to do the background stuff, make you stronger, improve that immune system by working on digestion and detoxification and uh, the immune system, of course, balancing your hormones can be very, very helpful. Finding out what the hidden stressors are, reducing cortisol, boosting uh, another immunoglobulin. More important than IgE to me is uh, the secretory IgA. You know, like the, the main, you know, they say most of your immune system's in the gut. Well, let's work on it. 
it's a big, big element. So can you define, because some of the listeners may not know what Secretary IGA is. So can you define that and why that's actually important? Yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, things are more complex than, than I get to explain. The, the, you know, as a patient educator, I try to be very uh, factual and, and, and truthful, but it's so complex. You just need to look at it like you're, you have your outside skin mm-hmm. and then you have your, you know, gastrointestinal tract, your mouth and esophagus and the guts, and then where things are excreted and all that. There's another skin that lines that, that's one cell thick, but it, and and by the way, uh, in terms of the gut, it has to let food in, but it has to keep bad thing, bad things out, germs and such, right? So that's your, called your mucosal barrier. So, and it's not just, you know, there, it's in the vagina and penis, in your eyes, the conjunctiva of the eyes and um, in your sinus cavities and, and things like that too. So you have this mucosal barrier. Well, mucus, there, there's, uh, let's say in the lining of your stomach, there are little cells that release mucus for lubrication. There's other ways that these immunoglobulins, these defense uh, molecules come out and they, they, they hover. Uh, they look for things that are, um, it, the, the body perceives as being uh, dangerous, like we just call them germs, mm-hmm. you know. And so germs, you know, we, we're able to handle a lot. You know, you can eat germs, your stomach acid, if you have good, strong stomach acid, like you should, actually starts with chewing in the mouth, the mastication and the alkalinization and the enzymes that are in uh, starting in the mouth. Then it goes, you know, down the pipes and acid should just kill just about anything. If you drop a worm and or bugs in hydrochloric acid, they die. So most things get killed there. And then in the small intestine, there's more, even more, like really refined ability to defend you against these bugs. Even even the bugs that live there, they say there's more there's more cells that aren't us in our bodies than there are cells in our bodies. You know, it's, it's very interesting how this microbiome works. So you, you have all of this bacteria living in your gut and in your colon, and it's in other areas on, it's on you. And it's, it's actually, a lot of it's very friendly. You need it. You need it to help break down food and digest your food and um, other, other reasons. It produces products that help you detoxify and very interesting. So um, secretory IgA is, is it's IgA, immunoglobulin A. There's A and there's D and there's M and there's uh, E, as we mentioned. And, um, you know, they all respond in varying ways to varying uh, pathogens or bugs and other nasty things. But Sig A is a huge one. I think it's the most abundant immunoglobin in the body. And it's the reason they, they say that the gut is like 80%. Mark Kreiman says it's the gut is 80% of your immune system. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time arguing with that guy because mm-hmm. I've seen people clean up their gut and their immunity returns. All of a sudden they're not getting colds and flus every time it comes around. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so with, um, you know, I think a lot of folks that I hear in practice, you know, I'm, I'm way into chemicals. I'm way into chemical exposure, environmental exposure, you know, whatever it is um, that can be causing it. In fact, I had a case with um, high blood sugar that um, was actually related to um, a sewage, uh, sewage line leak, as well as mold. 
as well as high levels of radon. So I'm like huge into environmental peace. And then that started to stabilize the blood sugar, you know, and all sorts of problems started to go away once you remove that factor, right? And obviously we worked on everything up to that point. But I am a huge believer in, you know, chemical exposure. So where do you, I mean, you think it's just, I'm assuming you think you walk outside, you're exposed to probably 70,000 chemicals every single day. Do you have other chemicals that um, you really watch out for other than just, you know, what we're breathing in, mold? Um, are there other things that you're concerned about? Yeah, all the time. Uh, as we work with a person, we'll usually do some testing for things like food sensitivities. And the reason we do that is because people have them. And they if when they eliminate those foods, things just kind of quiet down. There's less irritation in the body. There's less inflammation in the body. With less inflammation, sometimes uh, bacterial load will go down. You know, bacteria loves inflammation. It's easier to treat and things like that. So then people feel better. But they also heighten their awareness, their self-awareness of, wow, things matter. Like, you know, if I eat that food, I'm going to get the high or asthma or, you know, a migraine or something. Maybe not that drastic, but because the symptoms could be a lot less severe. But they also, they become, again, more aware and they start thinking, well, what about my uh, household cleaning products? Could some of those be causing the same thing? A lady who cleans her house every Friday afternoon and every Friday night or Saturday morning has headaches. Well, maybe that's trying to tell you something, you know, like, you you know, one plus one still equals two. And so, so then they become aware of those things. Then also personal care products. I mean, it's just horrible what they'll put in a personal care product, you know, that, that just is not good for you in, in many ways. There's uh, hormone disruptors. There's, there's things that are ir- just sheer irritants and, um, and anti, they're very antigenic. They they uh, generate antibody production in, in your body, and that causes symptoms to occur. So so now we start looking at we've run food sensitivities. We we start looking around the rest of the environment, um, even new furniture. So you look at household care products, your personal care products, new furniture. You know the kids' clothing is so full of fire retardants that if they have any sensitivity, and there's like sort of you're less sensitive and then you're more sensitive and you know again some of it's inborn extra sensitivity some of it's acquired from what happened since birth and and on and on but um you know you start becoming more self-aware uh, more paying attention and even to where you live you know, i live up on a hill over a lake with nobody around kind of lonely these days but you know it's cleaner mm-hmm. and and less exposure. Again, coming from the environmental field, I'm pretty sure I don't want to live in the city, you know, and these kind of things. And not everybody can move out, but there's you can mitigate, you can look around, and and that's not even to mention electro. Yeah, how yeah. are you mitigating? Well, I have, for instance, um, for electromagnetic frequencies, I have been using these things in my house. I had my whole house done over there's stuff that sort of scatters uh, electromagnetic frequencies and that way they don't have their same effect on you 
Um, I don't use anything that isn't natural in my, you know, for washing my clothes and cleaning my dishes and taking showers and, and all these things. I always check the ingredients really well. A great website for this is the Environmental Working Group's website. That They have the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. Every year it changes the foods that are like the worst, most toxic, full of pesticides, herbicides, uh, rodenticides, and, you know, fungicides. And, oh, my God, what they put on our food you know so um the environmental working group i think it's ewg ewg.org or mm-hmm. net it's org. yeah that's a great one for all, all your listeners to uh check out you know become more self-aware and more aware of what you're exposing yourself to awesome was there anything that i didn't ask about that you think is important hey you mean in terms of health and health building i think that people you know there's not much more important than diet Mm -hmm. to an ordinary healthy person who wants to stay that way and fight off aging and things you you could start before that with the innate intelligence in the body that wants to heal you know, like there's, um, you don't have to teach any cells what their job is. They know they, they, they work with each other pretty well. They all try to get along, you know, and um, it, it's usually some contributor to, I call it those contributors to metabolic chaos influences that would, um, would, that would cause disorder and dysfunction. And they're usually pretty insidious. So, um, you know, food is huge because it's full of crap that will harm you over time. Uh, even if it's just real food, you can have the blood sugar issues and all this. So food, uh, rest is incredibly important. There's there's almost, there's little that's as good for your health as getting a good night's sleep every night. It's just amazingly restorative in so many ways. And then, of course, exercise. Everyone knows you. sitting, which I'm doing right now. I'm sitting up straight. Um, sitting is the new smoking. You got to move your body, and we're so you know working at our desk, and then we're weak, so we go home and we just sit and whatever you know. We're not doing enough exercise. So diet and rest and exercise. Stress again. I've been studying stress for about almost twenty years in every form. We mentioned some of the chemical stressors. We, mental emotional stressors. I think there's existential angst, spiritual things going on. That, that's an important area. And then supplements. You know, I, I really think I don't have my own brand of supplements, but I know a lot about them. I don't sell them, but I teach people a lot of uh, what's, what's um, different ways to use them. I think they're really important. I take plenty, you know, cause food just isn't good enough. And, you know, I'm a little older. I like support in certain areas. Um, uh, just, you know, for mental clarity and energy and um, things like that. You can you can make up for a lot of ills in the world with diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. That spells dress, D-R-E-S-S. It's mm-hmm. one of our formulas for, for health success. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That and nothing? yeah, that, that'll, that'll do it. Is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you do every day that you think is really contributing to your health? 
Well, yes, sister, I sure can tell you that getting up every day and trying to be happy, you know, and trying to make a decision that um, I can't change the world the, the way it the way it is. I mean, I'm making differences in people's lives. That's not what I meant. But, you know, it's how you respond to it that matters. It's really your point of view and and being grateful and having a, uh, an abundance mentality. And I, I think I was partially born this way. But I just think tomorrow's going to be a better day, no matter what. That every tragedy and 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 discomfort or something I didn't like passed, and it was gone. And really, a lot of it is just how you think about it. So um, you know about the placebo effect; everyone does. There's also a nocebo effect, you know. And if you get up every day telling yourself it's a crappy day, it's probably going to be a crappy day. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely will bring in what you believe. That is so true. All right. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, well, probably the website would be best functional diagnostic nutrition.com. Um, let me just check and see if there's I, I didn't get anything uh, special. Yeah, just uh, functional diagnostic nutrition. Dot com. I, I tried to think of a longer name for it, but it turned out to be that. <laughs> Just the way it's spelled. You know, and if you go there, you, you'd learn learn about where we've been, where we're going, and how we help people. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Doc. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed learning with us today, please give us a five-star review, comment, like, and share our podcast with your friends and family. As always, if you'd like to learn more information about today's guest, please head over to fearlesshealthpodcast.com for links to their site and other educational resources.